At the end of the day, it comes down to self-love. Do you love yourself enough to change your situation? Do you love yourself enough to free yourself from what you are experiencing so that you can experience joy, so that you can experience what the, the better, the greater that God has for you on the other side? Hey everybody, welcome to another episode. I'm Katina McHenry and you are joining us on the Fuck Fear podcast. If you happened upon it accidentally, that's where you are. So thank you for being with us and be sure to stay with us because this episode today is very timely and the guest that is on today, Desiree Cross Ward, is back again for part two. She was one of our first guests in the beginning of season two and in fact, her episode of Fear of Speaking Out was and has been the number one episode for several weeks straight. She has gone through a, a really interesting uh, bout in her life and an and a interesting a chapter in her life, which she talked about very candidly. So make sure you catch that ap episode after you finish this one. But I'm so excited to welcome her, welcome her back today because a lot has happened since that episode. And today we're talking about, of course, part two, fear of leaving your job. Welcome back, Desiree. I am so happy that we're doing this again. Hey, hey, hey. Thank you for, for inviting me back. I was so excited to hear how popular the episode was, and I'm excited to be back to provide some updates and uh, talk to you and your listeners. Yes. So let me give you a little bit of background on Desiree, you guys. She is a post-secondary education professional. She's focused on storytelling, building community, and creating a sense of belonging for Black faculty, staff, and students at historically white institutions. She is originally from Salisbury, North Carolina. She has received two bachelor's degrees, one in journalism, what, what, and the other in organizational communication from the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill. And she recently graduated this past May 2021 with another degree and uh, she earned her master's degree of education from the Program of Higher Education Leadership and Policy at UT's University of Texas at Austin, uh, their College of Education. And she most recently was a social media strategist in the president's office at the University of Texas. But that's one of the reasons we're talking today. She is no longer. And if you remember from the first episode, she talked about leaving her position and planning to leave her position. So bring us up to speed with what's happened so far, Desiree. Uh, yes, thank you for that lovely introduction. Um, so, so far, I mean, my, my last day is, is August 20th and um, I do not know what's next. People keep asking me, what you doing next? And I'm like, you know what? That's still to be determined. That's still be, being written. I'm not sure. Um, I've made my peace with that, but I knew that I, um, I had to put, I had to put an end date on it so that I could um, close that chapter in my life and really start the next one. Yeah. So I'm sure that wasn't a very easy decision because I don't think you, from what we talked about before you were, you were planning to leave at this point, you had talked about moving out of that position. Um, but were you, had you made the decision at that point to leave a week recorded a few weeks ago? Um, <laughs> so when we first did our recording, I had made the decision to leave, but I had not officially put in my resignation. So once I had put my resignation in, which happened after the recording, um, that's when everything got real. So I had my end date. Um, there was a, a few things that I had to do on the HR end in order to make it official. Um, so I had decided to, to leave when we did our recording, but I had not officially put in my resignation date. So let's talk about just that decision. And I'm sure it wasn't an easy decision, obviously, but let's talk about the fears that you experience with making the decision and also not having a, a, a job that you were leave that you were going to from leaving that position. The fears that you also faced in, in just that experience. Yeah. Um... 
There were a few fears. I mean, one of the fears is like that lack of security from having a steady income. Um, that was really hard for me to, to get over. And I recognize my privilege and being able to have a partner um, who is able to support the both of us. Um, my partner, he had quit his job two years ago and I was supporting the family. And so he was like, baby, it's your turn. If you're ready to go, you can quit your job. It's okay. I will support us. Um, so it was it was nice to be able to have a partner um, that, that I knew would be able to support us um, when I quit my job. Um, and then also just that fear of, of losing um, insurance as a state employee. I mean, that insurance as a state employee is clutch. It is incredible and you just can't beat it. Um, the, the insurance. And so just thinking about those two things, those two big things that the security from a steady income and then having insurance, which both me and my partner, my husband rely on, those were two pretty big things that were hard to say goodbye to basically. Um, so there was, there was a fear of that. And then the biggest fear that I had really um, was the uncertainty, which I talked about a little bit or referenced to a little bit, but that uncertainty of not really knowing um, what's next. And so I really did take, have to take a, a leap of faith um, with, with putting in that resignation without having anything um lined up but the good thing is we're in a we're in a um I guess a job seekers market so like there are tons of jobs out there that are waiting to be filled and um I think it's the perfect time it was a perfect time for me to to make this jump um because I have a lot of control as, as a job seeker as it pertains to uh, me being very specific about what I want and having certain demands um, and making those when I'm in different interviews. Yeah. So even before you decided to leave, what 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 was it that made you even start thinking about leaving? And then talk about some of the fears just around d- making the decision or not even making the decision. What was it that encourage you to even start thinking? What was it that influenced you to start thinking about leaving your position? I mean, immediately when you ask me that question, I just think about the return to home policy. Mm-hmm. I mean, return return to work policy that happened. So like, um, I found out that my job was expecting us to come back into the office three days a week, um, starting... August 23rd, that was the date, started August 23rd. And I was just like, I couldn't wrap my head around coming back to the office. So I'm a social media strategist. Everything that I do um, is from the computer. I don't have to be in an office in order to do that job. I can do my job from anywhere. Um, Of course, unless I'm like covering an event on campus, which is fine, I can go in for that. Mm -hmm. Um, So just that, that that mandate to have to come back into the office three days a week after really enjoying the flexibility of of my time and my day working from home not being exposed to micro and macro aggressions in the office and really just being able to be in my space and do my work I have really enjoyed that for the past 16 months and I had to give a hard pass to return into the office on August 23rd. And so I put my resignation date in for August 20th based on when we had to come back to the office on August 23rd. Um, So that kind of, that was one thing that I thought about. Well, that kind of like determined when my my resignation date would be. Um, And then also just, I've been very extremely reflective, I would say in the past six months um, of my experience at UT's campus as as a Black woman. And I had to be very honest with myself and ask myself, is this a place that I want to continue to work at, given different issues that I had experienced with institutional racism, which we talked a lot about in that Mm -hmm. first episode. So y'all go back and listen to that first episode. Um, It reveals a lot of the different diversity, equity, and inclusion issues that I experienced and that I observed. And I had to be honest with myself and ask, do I want to continue to be in a space like this? Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm still asking myself that question again, I don't know what's next. I I have a few um, positions out there that I applied to on campus. Um, However, offices are different. 
on campus. Mm. Some offices are are more aware of, of how they perpetuate um, white supremacy, how they perpetuate racism and are actively working on that. And so my experience may be different in a different part of campus. Um, so just coming to the realization that, hey, these are issues that I've been experiencing for the past since I've been there, but really they've been heightened by COVID-19 mm-hmm. um, and the racial reckoning of the summer of 2020, um, I had to ask myself, do I want to continue to expose myself to to this type of environment? Yeah. You know, um, y- you now join millions of people who have made that decision for themselves. And uh, I don't know how this this term came about, but it's been coined the great resignation. And according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, in June, 3.9 million people quit their jobs and are now in the job market. And people have cited all the reasons you just mentioned for making that decision for themselves. They didn't feel supported or seen in their jobs. They didn't want to be forced to go back to the office if they didn't feel safe. They, you know, have family members who they're caring for who uh, have higher risk of contracting COVID-19 and didn't feel like their office or the organization aligned with their values and their mission and their, you know, in, in what is personal to them and also what reflects professionally. And I think people have spent a lot of time like you the last six months really thinking about does this job align with my values and can I be a productive member of this team or this organization based on my values and the company's values and people have really spent a lot of time like reading the job description and reading the company info and seeing if it does reflect society so it's it's been a very interesting exploration of just what's happening across the globe and not just throughout the country I mean this is a U.S you know, labor of stats that I just read, but this is happening across the globe. So when you think about all those things, do you, do you feel like you have more power as an employee to make those decisions for yourselves, as opposed to maybe when our parents were, you know, in the workforce, it was, you stay with the same company and you work for 50 years and you get the watch at the end of your tenure at that particular company. And you just, no matter what the environment was like, you stayed because it was quote unquote, a good job and you make quote unquote, good money. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so let me just make sure I heard that stat correctly. You said 3.9 million people are leaving. Okay. So that is an incredible amount of, of people. And so your question about, did that like, does that make, how does that make me feel knowing that so many of those, so many people are in the same position? It empowers me. And it definitely like played a role in my decision to leave because like leading, leading up, like after our conversation, our first conversation that we had, like I was seeing a lot on LinkedIn, just articles about people leaving and like why they were leaving. I was like, yo, I mean, I knew I wasn't the only one experiencing these issues, but just hearing and seeing so many people leave gave me that confidence that I needed and empowered me to say, if they could leave, I could leave too. Mm -hmm. And I realized that, that, I don't know, it also, it was also, it also felt empowering because it's the great resignation. And it's like, wow, to be a part of this movement is, is historical. And I'm a part of that. And so it, it it definitely played a role in, in me leaving just seeing and reading all of those stories about people um, leaving and then just this term of the great resignation and feeling like I'm a part of a movement and really taking a stand with other people who are saying we we want to maintain we've shown that we can work from home for all this time and we want to maintain that flexibility and we're going to stand up for what we believe in um and, and what we want so yeah it was definitely empowering you know and I think it also tells me that um there is less fear. <laughs> People are less fearful of whatever, mm. you know, it could be before they were f- afraid, like, you know, I-, I have the same fear. Well, insurance, I have three children. If I quit, you know, and, and I'm entrepreneurial. So I I love having that independence of being an entrepreneur, but you know, w- what am I going to do if, um, so I think what, what that stat also says is that people have done the thing anyway, even if they were afraid, they did the thing anyway. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So as you're thinking about what's next for you, do you, what, what fears are you experiencing now that you got that one, got through that one big fear of actually making the decision and quitting the job? What do you think you will experience now as you are in this space with these millions of people navigating uh, the job market? You know, I've made a lot of peace um, with my decision to leave. Um, And so the uncertainty piece was like the really the thing that I was most fearful about. And in order to overcome that, I really had to lean into my faith. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. I believe that all things work together for the good of those who are called according to her purpose. Amen. Um, Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. Let's just pause on that for a second, because I think people who believe in God, like both you and I do have a greater sense of um, not just faith, but, uh, confirmation because we believe in God that everything will be okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So once I was able to like really get over that fear of uncertainty and lean into my faith, it was like, this is how you should be spending your time worrying about what's next mm. or what you don't have and what you're going to lose. Spend your time thinking about what you will gain from leaving this Mm -hmm. position. Mm -hmm. Spend your time reflecting on how you have grown. Spend your time thinking about what you want to do next. And so Mm -hmm. I really just had to shift my focus from like a deficit mindset and what I was leaving behind and shifted to what is in the future. Mm -hmm. But, you know, fear, we're all human. We all have to fight fear constantly. Mm -hmm. And so right now I would say what I'm fighting with fear is, um, Making the wrong decision, I Mm. guess. It would be making the wrong decision because like, again, I told you, I'm still battling internally with whether or not I want to continue working for someone else um, full-time. Do I want to invest fully into creating um, me and my husband's business? We've been talking about doing a consulting business for so long. And it's like, we're going to start that. I mean, I got the time to do it now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But it's like, do I want to invest my time in that full-time and and, and not work for anyone else? and so there's just a lot of options. I have a lot of options um, right now. And I really want to make sure that I make the right decision. So there's that fear there um, that I may make the wrong decision at this time. And one of the ways that I've combat that fear, that fear of making the wrong decision is like a lot of times, and I'm going to speak for myself, a lot of times for myself, it's like this or that. And it's like, it don't have to be this or that. It can be this and. Um, And so like when making decisions, sometimes you can do both. You can do both things. And so just remembering that it's not always black and white. Um, Sometimes you can do both things. Realizing that and accepting that makes it a little less fearful of making the wrong decision. And even if you make the, like, what is a wrong decision? Like everything happens Mm. for a reason, right? Right. So no matter what path I go down, I'm going to get out of that what I'm supposed to get out of it. And so just talking to you just now, just, I just <laughs> thought of that. It's like the wrong decision. You know, right. I told you this last time in our, in, a, in the podcast fear, false evidence appearing real. And I have this mm-hmm. false idea that there's only one right way. And there's only one right decision. It's like, that's not true, Desiree. That's not true. Yeah. So. You know, it's funny. I gl- I'm glad you said that because that was going to be my next question is how do you know what is the wrong decision? How do you know if it is? How do you know whether or not it's a wrong decision? How do you, like, yeah. how do you know? How do you know whether something is a wrong decision? So I'm thinking about my life mm-hmm. and <laughs> how easy it has been and how different parts have been hard. And when I think about the difference between the easy parts of my life and the hard parts of my life, during the hardest parts of my life, I would say I made some decisions that, you know, I could have made better decisions. Mm-hmm. And I and I know that I could have made better decisions. I'm not gonna say it was the wrong decision, but I know I could have made better decisions because of, of how hard it was. I feel like when you are walking in your purpose and when you are doing what you are called to do, it is... You don't have to try as hard. It just happens because you're walking the path that has been paved for you. And when I think about the times in my life that have, have been hard, it was like, that's not what I was supposed to be doing at that time. And I was working against 
what was destined for me. And because of that, it was hard. Mm -hmm. So I kind of like measure whether or not I'm walking in the right direction or doing the right thing based on how much opposition um, that I come up against. Mm. You know, life is not going to be easy. We go, we go through, through, through hardships, but like, if something just isn't working out, like I think about people I dated, like just trying so hard to be in a relationship and make the relationship work. And I compare that to the relationship that I have now. Like, yeah, we, we fight, we have our ups and downs, but like, it is easy compared Mm -hmm. to other relationships that I have been in. So I think about it like that when it's like, am I walking in my purpose? Am I supposed to be doing this? Right. When it's just so hard and you have to work so hard to make it work. Yeah. That's a key indicator. And I feel like too, that's like, that's a red flag that Mm -hmm. you should like not ignore. Mm -hmm. And if you find yourself constantly trying to justify red flags, no, right no (laughs) it's like blaring it's like in your face it's like waving it's big and the wind it's like girl I'm right here in front of you why are you trying to peek around me I'm staring you dead in the face what is wrong with you (laughs) if you have to change who you are if you have to compromise your integrity and your values it ain't for you right right and that is applicable to work as well if you are not yourself, you're not in your right mind, you hate going, you hate being in the environment, then, and and if you can't feel supported and, and if you know, like, that it, it, you, I think you always, you have that gut feeling that tells you that whatever, whether it's a relationship or, or something professional, that it's not right, then that's your, that's another of your indicators right there. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. So you talked about your husband have going through the same experience recently in the last two years of quitting his job. So it's, uh, can you talk through some of the fears that you guys faced as a couple and just as a family with one deciding and one, you know, experiencing fear and, and talk to me about whether or not you guys had separate fears as you, you know, as you look back on what you've just gone through in the last few weeks Um, and then, and, and then just talk through just that fear, maybe that you guys, uh, experience together as a family. Let me reach back. Let me reach back. (laughs) Um, well, again, again, there was that, um, that fear of the security of a steady income. Um, at the time he was making way more than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we felt it a little bit more than we're feeling it this time. Cause right now he makes more than I do. So we felt mm-hmm. it a lot more that first time <laughs> around when somebody quit their job because he was making more, um, than I was at the time. Um, and so just like, the, the fear of, of not being able to sustain ourselves, um, living here in Austin, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, but we made it work. You know, we, we did what we needed to do, uh, with the budget. Um, he was originally working at ADP. He was the, um, only black person in his office of 50 plus people. Um, and he was a black male. He had been labeled as aggressive, which Mm. anybody who meets my husband knows that he is not an aggressive person. Mm -hmm. He is blunt. He is honest. He'll tell you what's on his mind, but aggressive, no. Um, And so like, just knowing that he was going through that allowed, like nothing else mattered. It was like his security was the most important. His mental health was the most important. And so with, with, with any fear, um, it's really important to look at what's in front of you and ask you what is really important and moving from there. Um, and so, uh, he, when he quit his job, he started his, his tech startup nonprofit. And so it was that fear of, okay, I'm quitting this job. Now is this company going to work out the way Mm -hmm. that, that we want it to. Um, and so we just had to get over that, that fear of, of starting something new and it failing. Um, and I would say those, those were the two things, the, the, the loss of income, as well as starting something new, there was a a lot of uncertainty there and lack of security there that caused, caused some fear. Mm -hmm. So how did you guys work through that together? 
with any couple, <laughs> I would say it is really important to make decisions together and to be mm-hmm. on the same page. And so like from the get go, like he, he consulted me about quitting his job. He didn't just quit his job and say, Hey babe, I quit my job. Like, no, it was something that we talked about and that we both agree. Okay. You're going to quit your job. So we were on the same page and in agreement about him quitting his job. Um, and so just from the get go, making the decision together, uh, was really important. And then just being there as, as a partner and as a supporter. So with the nonprofit being a sounding board and helping him get that up, up off the ground, my skill set is communications and marketing. And so just being there for him, on that part to help with the business. Um, and, and by being there as a partner and supporting him and making the decisions together, it didn't feel like, oh, he's doing this thing and causing this thing for our family. No, it's something that we both agreed was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so like just having that, both of us having ownership in the decisions that were being made and both of us working towards this goal that he had to start the um, tech non nonprofit startup it's called Austin Urban Technology Movement, by the way. Autumn, plug there. Yes, thank um, you for that plug. So I was going to ask you at the end. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, so just um, making that decision together. And I think, you know what? Like, we talk about fear and overcoming fear. Mm-hmm. It's not something that, I mean, you can do it on your own, but it's it's helpful to be able to have somebody to help you overcome that fear. Yes. Um, and so just going through that with a partner just made it so much easier um, yeah. in that situation. Yeah. So do you have any, um, do you feel like with you making the decision for yourself, do you feel like you were going to make it regardless or do you feel like you were pushed to make that decision because of the environment that you were in and just what's happened with COVID over the last year? Yeah, that's a good question. That's something that I thought a lot about, like how much um, did my environment play a role in my Mm -hmm. decision to leave? Um, Because once I brought to my office's attention, the issues that I was experiencing, like they were real quick to like, be like, okay, what do you need? Like what's going on? Um, and my boss even asked me when I, when I told him that I was leaving, he was like, is there anything we can do to like, try to keep you? And so that got me thinking, okay, no, there's not. And it's like, why is that? And so that told me it wasn't just the environment. So to answer your question, no, it wasn't just my environment that led to me um, leaving my office. It was that combined with um, having to come back to the office. I, Like I said, I really was enjoying that flexibility of, of wow. working from home and, and did not want to, did not want to come back. Um, it was also the combination of... Um, I had just gotten my master of education and like I knew Mm -hmm. after I got that degree that I most likely wouldn't stay in my office anyway Mm -hmm. um, because I wanted to be able to to leverage that degree doing something else. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also I had reached a point in my career, I've been doing social media management strategy for seven years. So I was ready to do something different. I was ready to expand my my communication skill set and be able to use that consistently um, in the work that that I was doing nine to five and so it was time it was time for for, mm-hmm. for me to leave the organization and just COVID and and all the issues that I was experiencing it just amplified it and sped some things up for me yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh man well and so now that you're on the other side of it do how do you um, what's your, what's your new emotion? Hmm. I feel free. Mm. I feel free Mm. and liberated. I feel free from, I mean, I talked to, I talked to you all about, um, feeling like I was in a box with this title yeah. of social media. I do so much more than social media. I'm a communication strategist, not just yeah. a social media strategist. Um, so I feel liberated from that box and that title of social media, mm. my job. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel liberated in the sense that 
I was honest with myself and what I needed. Mm -hmm. And I didn't stay in a place just because it was comfortable because like my job is, is easy. My job is easy. It doesn't because I've been doing it for so long. And so I was very comfortable um, with, with where I was and I could do it for the rest of my career, but that's not who, who I am. And that's not Mm -hmm. who I wanted. Um, That's not what I wanted. Um, I also feel coming out on the other side of this, um, excited. I am excited about what is next. I know that something great is in the making or has been created and is just waiting for me to discover it. And that just brings a lot of excitement um, to me for like this new, this new chapter really um, in my life. Yeah. I can see it in your face. I can hear it in your voice. I feel your joy. I Mm -hmm. feel it. And when you said free, that you feel free, I, uh, that just like, it removes clouds. It's like, it's like sunshine. It's like Mm -hmm. that feeling of walking outside when it's been raining for several days and gray and gloomy and you feel that sunshine. It just, it brightens up everything. Like you just brightened up, you brightened up this episode even more. I love it. Thank you. I love when people find their freedom and they can speak about it with joy, without fear, and with complete confidence, knowing Mm -hmm. that the decision they made for themselves, it was the right decision and it is the right decision. And you're just excited to see, you know, what else is going to happen, but you have let go of whatever that fear was that kept you in that thing for, you know, for the length of time that you were in it. So congratulations you deserve a big congratulations because that's a big decision girl thank you thank (laughs) you and like you you talked about like the freedom the freedom to like talk about and share my experience like continue honestly I don't know if I would have been as open and as vocal about some of the issues and challenges that I observed as a black woman working Mm -hmm. at UT Austin. I wouldn't have been so open about that if I hadn't made the decision to leave. And I was like, I'm about to leave. So I can say whatever I want to (laughs) say and just put everything out there. And that also was liberating. Sharing my story was was extremely liberating as well. Um, It just gave me the confidence to be like, deuces. Peace. (laughs) Thank you. I'm out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I love it. So, you know, you talked a little bit about this in the first episode about how you will go forward with finding the next job and how you will do a little bit more um, investigating and not just uh, read the job description and, and, and take it at face value. You will, you will do a little bit more digging about a particular company. So talk about how your past experience has changed what you want your next experience to be when it comes to looking for a job and, and not just looking for a job. Like I'm going to, I'm going to move away from that. Looking for where you, what is your best fit where you can be your best self? Mm -hmm. I'm so glad you asked that question (laughs) Um, because I've, I have some, some experiences that I can share with you. Yes. So I was, I think I made it to the second round. I made it to the second round of an interview for this one company and in, in my responses to some of the things that they asked me, I brought up my experience as a black woman working at the university of Texas um, and working in an all white office. And then afterwards I thought to myself, like everybody who has interviewed me is white Mm -hmm. and everybody in this office seems to be white. And here it is me sharing with them my experience as a black woman in an all white office and how that was difficult. Why am I about to put myself in the right. same situation? Ooh, girl, girl. <laughs> right. So like, I had to be honest with myself and be like, I, I, I had to withdraw my application. I was like, I can't, I'm not going to yeah. do this again. Mm. So like when I'm, when I'm looking at organizations and interviewing with organizations, I'm looking at what does your team look like right now? Am right. I about to be the only black person in your office? The only, I don't even want to. I need other black people in my space. Yeah, you got other people of color. That's great, but no, I know what I need. I need other black people in my space. And with this one particular organization, they didn't even have employee resource groups. So, like, 
there wouldn't have even been anything for me to like grab onto like black faculty yeah. staff association the way I did at UT so like I'm looking at what does your organization look like um as far as racial diversity is concerned and the makeup of your office I do not want to be the only black person in the office been mm-hmm. there done that I'm good girl mm. <laughs> and then it's like I, another t- another interview I went to um the position that I was filling had been previously held by a black woman and I did not know this black woman but through connections I was able to connect with her and talk to her about her experience she had a terrible experience really leaving yes and was leaving because of some of the same reasons that I was leaving my office however the only reason why I was entertaining this position is because of the work that she had put in and the foundation that she had laid for it to be a better experience for people who came after her Mm -hmm. so I was like okay I know you've put put all this work in let me just see so I did the interview and one of the questions that I asked I was very honest with them I was like so I know some people, I know some women of color in your organization who have worked here in the past who did not have a good experience. What is your office doing to 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 address that issue moving forward and to make sure that this is a place where women of color will be able to succeed? Like I just I asked that in my interview. Mm, that's a good question. And- <laughs> And they had a great answer. They was like, well, we know that this organization has an issue with that in the past. Um, Since then, our whole executive team and board looks completely different. We have, it used to be all white. We have more people of color in those leadership positions, which makes a difference. It makes a difference. And they also said, which, which really got me and made me realize that they understood diversity, equity, and inclusion. They said, and we, and this is a journey. They didn't say we have arrived or we have a a lot, we have um, a long way to go as if there is a destination or a final point for diversity, equity, and inclusion. They said it is a journey, it is an ongoing journey. And so just the way that they answered the question um, made me realize that they have done, put into place things to help not rectify what has happened in the past, but address it right. and moving forward. They understand like, it's not like a, a one-time diversity, just a diversity statement or like creating this committee over here to, to work on this. Like, no, this is something ongoing that they're going to be working towards. Right. Um, so those are a few things that, that I have done, like during this job search, again, looking at what is the racial diversity look like within the office? And then also um, what has the experience of the people of color that you currently have right. in your office? What, what has that been like? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to look up something real quick because that reminded me of this, um, this, this webinar that I sat in on with um, it was several deans across uh, the country. One of the deans was from the Haas business school at Berkeley. And that was one of the questions that was asked, well, what have you done uh, to address diversity? And there were like very clear things. And she talked about our board. We realized our board was all white. So we removed some of those board members and, and now we have more board members that reflect society. We have board members that, and we have new board members of color. And there were like very clear, distinct things that they've done to address it. And that to me was like, thank you. Like, finally, we don't need like, you know, we don't need you to put a plaque on the wall from a black donor. Like we need to see some substantive and systematic changes. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't need you to throw up like, you know, I, I, I don't know, some wall art. I, I need you to know that we need to see changes in the people and the structure and the systems. Mm-hmm. So how so was there fear around when you talked about removing your application from this particular job that didn't align with what you wanted to see from the company was there fear around that or just asking those questions that were more uh, in depth and more investigative about their their um just their policies around diversity and inclusion most definitely mm. um and I mentioned this in, a, in our first episode, what's more important, yeah. my sanity, myself or white fragility. Mm. I chose myself. I mm-hmm. was, I was, I was a little scared to ask the question about past experience of, of, of these women and what are y'all doing moving forward? Cause that's a very like 
blunt and direct question and I'm not a very direct person um so it was very hard for me to I don't believe that courage (laughs) (laughs) let me just say right now I don't know what you're talking about because I don't believe what you just said but whatever keep going (laughs) historically I haven't been a very direct person um but I was like, no, this is important. This is important for me to know. Um, and then as far as like me withdrawing my application from the one place, um, there was fear of like missing out on that opportunity. Mm. And I was like, mm, but is the, mm, every good opportunity is not the right opportunity. And although that was a good opportunity, it was Mm -hmm. not the right opportunity for me because I knew what I needed and they were not going to be able to give me what I need, which is black people in that office. And I even asked, I asked them, I was like, so who else are y'all hiring or what, what Mm -hmm. y'all got some more open position, no more open positions. This was like pretty much it for the next few years. I was like, no, I can't, I can't, I can't. can't do it can't do it right knowing what what you had just come from I love Mm -hmm. what you just said every opportunity is not the right opportunity is that what you Mm -hmm. said something I said every good opportunity every good opportunity the right opportunity right Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. girl Mm -hmm. I I need to put that on a plaque we need to mean (laughs) that because that I mean that is applicable and it is real and it is relevant and I think about people who work for other people and people who work for themselves as they're like entrepreneurs going after particular contracts and clients that just because the opportunity is there and it looks good on paper and and you're going to make a lot of money doesn't mean that it's going to be the right opportunity because in the end, you may be frustrated, you may be resentful and you Mm -hmm. may be completely stressed out because of Mm -hmm. that experience that you had and just taking it for the wrong reason or not really Mm -hmm. stripping down um, the right reason for taking a particular thing and really asking yourself those hard questions and not just asking yourself, but answering those hard questions for yourself as well. is so important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I always at the end like to ask for a piece of advice for those who are experiencing or, or planning to make um, a decision that where there is fear, but I, I'm not going to ask for advice. There, there's lots of avi- advice online right now. I read something from Guardian today. There's stuff from NPR. I mean, there's stuff from Business Insider. I, I think every major publication is doing or writing stories and tips for how to quit your job and the things you think about um, when quitting your job. Um, I even have an old book of etiquette that's so outdated. I got as a wedding present from my cousin 20 years ago and it's funny some of the things you 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 read in there but there's a section about how to quit your job I want to know from you what are the the challenges how do you want to challenge people right now who may be on the fence about deciding whether or not they should quit their job how do you want to challenge them I would, people who are on the fence about quitting their job and have fear around it and who are on the fence and who have fear about quitting their job, I would challenge them to really think about the reasons behind Mm -hmm. why they want to quit their job. Can those reasons be addressed by your job? Because if you can stay there and change the issues that you're having, Mm -hmm. then by all means do that. But if the reasons why you are, you, you, you want to quit your job, if they cannot be addressed, then you have to be honest with yourself um, and acknowledging that and You have to be honest with yourself and acknowledging that and really ask yourself, am I willing to continue to, to be in this place despite these Mm -hmm. things? Mm -hmm. 
Um, and at the end of the day, it comes down to self-love. Do you you love yourself enough to change your situation? Do you love yourself enough to free yourself from what you are experiencing so that you can experience Mm. joy so that you can experience what the, the better, the greater that God has for you on the other side. I love this meme. There's this meme on the internet is really old where it's like, it's this little girl. She has a teddy bear behind her back. It's a small teddy bear. Mm-hmm. And then there's this, this figure, this, um, this divine figure who is handing her. Well, no, 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 no. The meme is the little girl has a teddy bear that she's handing to this divine figure. Mm-hmm. And the divine divine figure has this huge teddy bear behind his back. And the little girl is you can tell she's hesitant about giving up her little teddy bear, but mm. has no idea that 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 the divine wants to give her something so much bigger and better. Mm. Um, and so I, I I bring that meme up because it's like a lot of times we hold on to things that are good or mm. that are working for us, mm-hmm. but by holding on to that, you're preventing yourself from experiencing something bigger and better. So if you're on the fence about quitting your job or if you're fearful about quitting your job, don't think about what you would be losing or what you would be giving up. Think about what you would be gaining. Mm. And if what you would be gaining is greater than what you have right now, then let it go. Mm. Let it go. There's something bigger and better out there. Mm. But you have to believe and you got to have faith that there's something bigger and better out there. Until you do that, you're going to be stuck where you at and you're going to stay on that fence with that fear, that false evidence appearing real. Wow. That's my challenge. (laughs) I hope that that has fallen on everybody listening today, like cool mist in a hot summer day. Cause that's what it felt like. That was that that just you know it gets to the depths of your soul when you can recognize for yourself that you need better for yourself and you make that decision for yourself but self-love is such a huge component of it and you have to be willing to make that choice for yourself and not think about others expectations and all those other things that you think about and uh yeah, there's there's nothing else for me to say. So I'm gonna just shut down right now. Look, girl, drop. You, my, look, you shut the shit down. I'm gonna just close it out. Thank you guys for listening today. We'll see you next time. Man, you shut it down. She has exited stage left. She shut it, she shut that shit down today. I'm expecting this is gonna be another number one episode. That was so insightful. Thank you so much. Congratulations to you for for loving yourself enough to decide better for yourself. And I hope, absolutely. Everyone listening today, I have the same hope for you. Today is the day. If, If you feel like today is the day, then it is. Today is the day, no matter when you're listening to this. So make that decision for yourself. Get through the fear. Fuck the fear and find what's better for you that big teddy bear is waiting thank you Desiree you uh, I think I'm just gonna have you on as a regular because now I'm like (laughs) I want to stay on this journey with you and I I think it I'm I'm feeling like this is a good idea to stay on this journey with you and bring you back once a month to see like what has happened because I feel like people want to know what's happened like you said the thing you did the thing what's gonna be next it's like a reality show unfolding (laughs) <laughs> I would love to come back. I love talking to you, Katia. And like I even have revelations when I'm on when I'm on this podcast with you. I'd be really? like, oh, that's a good, that's a good revelation. <laughs> I because you ask such great questions that make me really oh, dig deep. So yeah, it, it is it's therapeutic. I would love I to love come it. back. You just let me know. <laughs> Girl, you, you are on the path. You are on the path of righteousness and it's right. Mm-hmm. 
it's right. So yeah, this is that this is what we're gonna do. If you can make the time, we're gonna stay on this journey with you. So you guys just stay on. It's it's gonna be great. Thank you again for listening to this episode today. Be sure to check out the first episode with Desiree, which was uh, in the in the beginning of season two. It's called Fear of Speaking Out. And um, I'm going to keep you updated as to uh, what's happened on her journey. Be sure to check out her husband's nonprofit. Tell me again what it is, Desiree. Austin Urban Technology Movement, A-U-T-M, Autumn. Awesome. All right. Be sure to shop our boutique. We have some fantastic merch in the boutique. So be sure to stop in. There's a link in uh, the description of this episode. You can also go to katenia.com, C-A-T-E-N-Y-A.com and check out any of our fantastic merch and also be sure to check out any of the, of any of the other episodes. Thank you for listening today. We will see you next time and fuck fear everybody. Have a great day. Coming up on a new episode of Fuck Fear. Change is inevitable. It's something that's going to happen no matter what. And the better we are at adapting to whatever changes come, the more, you know, the more successful we'll be. Um, and I, I used to tell my students all the time, if you are doing the same thing all the time, you're not growing. You always want to feel a little bit out of your comfort zone. You know, just a little bit askew from norm, because those those are the times when you learn to grow. Not only is change inevitable, but change is something that frightens a lot of people. And in this pandemic season, change has been forced upon everyone. Some are accepting it without resistance and others not so much. So we're talking about why change is fearful on this new episode of Fuck Fear. Radical forgiveness coach Kim Kennedy returns to talk through the change she's experiencing, and she talks through how others can experience the positive side of change. So be sure to join us. Be sure to subscribe if you haven't already. If you feel led, I'd love for you to write a review, check out other episodes, and as always, thank you for listening.